Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. And we are back. Back yeah, in the back. saddle for Ephesians. And <laughs> we are been a year here in Ephesians. Um, yeah. Off and on. Taking um, our sweet, fat time. Well, especially when you get COVID and uh, <laughs> you're down and out. So, uh, yeah. man Lee here was uh diagnosed with the c19 and then uh (laughs) represent um that's right and then he took a vacation to florida to go infect all of them people um i will say i did finish my 10-day quarantine period i felt great at the end sure you did and was ready to go and bask in the sunshine which i did do i didn't tan but i basked he finished his 10-day uh whatever it is down on the beach <laughs> if y'all may know um <laughs> technically i spent day 10 in the car on the way down <laughs> oh so you infected everyone in the car okay luckily luckily it was my folks and they had already had covid previously so they were immune as i am now oh yeah so i've been running around telling people i have immunity privilege because i'm not wearing a mask anymore that's Done right that's right we ain't I uh, I self-identify as a vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter whether I have antibodies or not. That's right. I identify. I, as I just identify as immune. You know what I mean. So you uh, are you are who you are. You know what I mean. You can't you, you can't assume. You know. Yep. Don't assume who I don't am. Ass- yeah. Don't don't be so. Uh, That's um, right. Don't be, yeah, don't, don't be, don't be a, a hater. I'm a vaccinated vet right here, you know what I mean? There you go. You've probably yeah. already had the vaccine and you don't even know. That's right. You it got the probably prototype. Came in, probably came in my orange juice and I don't even know it, <laughs> you know? So, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, okay, so, and we're going to be diving back into the youth ministry series shortly, um, now that we're both back, um, and stronger than ever, stronger than ever, he is now <laughs> built up superhuman immunities to the C nineteen yeah! virus, Tight. and um, that's right. <laughs> and uh, he's been working hand in hand with Joe Biden, and <laughs> that's right. I've been keeping Sleepy Joe awake to get the that's job right. done. Hey, where am I? <laughs> So. It's okay, Joe. Just sign it. Just sign it. 
sign here. Okay. Sorry, I'm not the vice president. So we we left off um, at the end of uh, verse 21, I believe, in chapter five of Ephesians, ding, and ding, ding. Um, so we are now diving into the marriage like Christ and the church section um, of Ephesians. A lot of people may know this section really well, um, or have had it read at their wedding or a pastor has gone over it before. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump into this section and we're going to highlight before we're going to read the section. So 22 through 33. Um, Lee, if you want to go ahead and read the section, that'd be great. And then let's, let's hide, let's, uh, let's highlight some, um, some words that just, just pop off the page immediately before we start to dive in and dissect the entire text and passage right here of what Paul is trying to um, convey to the reader and to the saints here in Ephesus um, at this time. So let's go ahead and read it. Then we're just going to start popping some words that are really standing out to us. And then we're going to dive into some of the meanings of the verses. And then I say, I say we just take it off from there cool. and go from there. Cool? Sounds good. Uh, All right. Ephesians 5, starting with verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Here ends the reading. All right, all right. So first off, let's let's highlight some words that really jump off the page um, as we're reading this that are repetitive. Um, love, love, boom. <laughs> okay, so we got love. We got wives, wives, wives. or wife. Um, yep. I believe wife and wives are used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He uses it eight times. If there are more, please throw it out to me. Yeah. Also, husbands is mm-hmm. used one, two, three, four, five, um, six. And I the believe. plurals are always used together, and the singulars yep. are always together, because exactly. we don't want to misconstrue this to think that a man can have more than one wife, or a wife can have more than one husband. Right. One and one is, woman to one man. That's exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. Good, good way to throw that out there. I like that. Um, also... Another thing that really stood out to me was he used Christ in reference yeah. mm-hmm. to um, 
in, as in the, word the husband too. and he he uses them as the husband and the wife as um parallel to the church so christ is the husband is always parallel to christ and the church is parallel to the wife um that way you can see the 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 horizontal line that connects the two um also you see be subject or the head um we see that quite often um and the personal pronouns in here he uses he a lot he mm-hmm. himself um so we're seeing a lot of this and body is repeated throughout this this text as well um which makes sense because we got through in uh else earlier here in chapter five talking about the body it was in four as well about exactly parts of the body and and what was what was paul referring to when he was mentioning the body of the the church believers the church okay Mm -hmm. so we have this um image that paul has been intertwining throughout ephesians for this specific focus right here in chapter 5 22 through 33 um, where he's bringing it together as a, a molded image and unit that we can actually put an image to so that we can be imitators of this that way we can understand this in a flesh-like finite mentality a creature mentality rather than a divine creator understanding because we are not able to understand those types of of perception yeah he gives um, the he gives the theology that he was giving before a more practical application here so that exactly. when we practice it this way i think you you begin to understand the deeper truth of Christ and his church a little better when you experience it almost kind of in a types and shadows type of way, like um, the marriage relationship, the marriage covenant is kind of a a shadow of uh, a lesser, um, a lesser type of, uh, of or type or shadow of the relationship of Christ to the church. Like we, we can, by participating that you understand the relationship slightly better <laughs> you know um. right yeah yeah and and in verse 22 so where he's like where paul is saying wives be subject to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ also is the head of the church he himself being the savior of the body. Now we're going to pause right there. We're going to start this as wise being subject to your husbands. Now, now what is it? What does this mean? Does this mean that you are to do everything your husband says when he says it? You are to obey every beck and call that your husband does, and you are not to have any opinion whatsoever. Um, no. No, exactly. I don't think I, uh, I would, any of I would, us would agree with Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to find statement. any reasonable complementarian that would say that's the case. Exactly. And I would, I would feel totally 
dominating if mm-hmm. if that's how it would be and i don't that is not how god has designed marriage to be it's not to be a dominant force you know right. you are not to overhead a subject you know to where you are using force or power or knowledge or wisdom to make them feel lesser than right. you no Wives, be subject to your husbands does not make you a lesser being either. You are not lesser than he is. You are an equal. You are, Mm -hmm. you're the co-equal, right? Right. The husband is incomplete. And as he states this, um, back, so we're going to go back into the Old Testament here. We're going to go back into Genesis. The husband is incomplete in the very first two, uh, in chapter two of Genesis, um, where it is the creation of man and woman. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he had rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because it in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven, now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted from For the Lord had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth, water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God had planted a garden toward the east in Eden, And there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden to the water of the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It flows around the whole land of the Havela, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The Bedellium and the Onyx Stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the Lord said, now this is, this is where our text picks up today. In verse 18 of Genesis, Chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him a helper suitable for him. 
Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Now, so Adam was in charge of cultivating the ground. He was in charge of worship. He was top in charge of... the top of the food chain. He was the top of the food chain in this, in this area. Um, he was also in charge of naming every animal that is known to man today and the animals that are not known to man today that we have not seen. So Adam named. This was a long process. This this wasn't this wasn't done in a day or two days. I mean, this had to have taken a long time. Sure, it was um, a job. But we're not. It, it was a job. It, exactly. This was a daily part of life for him, and this is what he did every day with God in His presence. Um, and he was looking for a suitable helper for Adam. So as he was creating these animals these creatures he was giving them to adam to name and find a suitable helper god god realized he's not finding a suitable helper in any of the beasts the creatures that he had created for adam to name during this time so then in, yeah i think he was verse, making adam realize that None of that these, he was alone. Yeah. yeah, none of these creatures are adequate for you. You need something better. Right. You need something that will complete you. You, and he made you him are wait. incomplete. Yes, and you are to wait. See, none of these, none of these beasts or creatures look like you. None of them have your likeness. Right. None of them have exactly. the likeness of a human. You know. And he had to have wondered because. Seeing all the creatures, he would have seen that there were male and female. Females. And, that, and, and he would have been the only creature that didn't have didn't an accompanying have a, female. Right, right. Didn't he have a, a spouse or someone to share life with, to share worship, to share work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to cultivate this field, to live in this garden together with. And, you know, right. and, and he had to have realized that, as you said... He was different. Mm-hmm. There was something missing, yeah. and he was not complete. And God was showing Adam his need for a companion, mm-hmm. right? And so, in verse twenty-one, this is where this is where the magic happens, people. Okay, so <laughs> get prepared, get prepared. So here's where twenty-one. God performs the first anesthesia and surgery right here, <laughs> right? We're about about to go all Grey's Anatomy right here in Genesis. <laughs> so, so anyways, so God puts the gloves on. In 21, he says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at the place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. God brought her to the man. Just as 
God took the man from the dust of the ground. He gave the man life. He 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 made him a living being by breathing his spirit into his nostrils, giving him what we know as a soul. Um, and then he took him and placed him in Eden. Yes, like an action figure. He like literally <laughs> pick, like picked him up, you know, and then dropped him off in place, you know, like, hey, here you go. This is where we're going to we're going to start the scene right here. So anyways, so yeah, people just consider our imagery kind of funny. But anyways, um, so he brought the one. Right. We're, we're painting a picture, you know, and I wish it was a comic book. But anyways, so he he brings the woman to the man just as he has brought um, the animals that he has created and fashioned for Adam to name. Now he is bringing Eve, as we know it, the first woman, to Adam. And they're going to meet for the first time. The man said, so as soon as Adam sees Eve, the woman, right? The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taking taken out of man so this is now bone of my bones you are of me you are of me right you complete me without you i am one rib shy you know <laughs> so <laughs> so you don't get a full rack of ribs with this entree but um and then then he says and flesh of my flesh so he's looking at the he's looking at the person. He's making the identifications that we are the same. We have the same skin. We have we are we are naked but not ashamed, right? Uh we are we are they're one flesh. We, we're one flesh. We're we're identical, you know? We are equal. You know, Equal. and it's interesting, you know, we're in, in that same verse where he says, she should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, I'm right. looking and in the incomparable literal word app right now. And uh, I knew that. I love that, that app. It, it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's, you don't it's have so the literal helpful. word app. Grab that app. You've I'm gotta, telling you. You've got to go get it. You will love it. So the Hebrew word for man is ish. And uh, and I, I had known that previously, but I hadn't. I was not sure what what the uh, Hebrew word for woman was, and it's isha. Mm. So they both have the same root word. So not only was woman taken from man, but it signified even in the language, isha. He man is ish and woman is isha. So it's even kind of codified in the language, and, and that follows in English as well. That woman was taken out of man. They're right. not two flesh. They're one flesh. They're one flesh. They're, and in that's what happens during marriage. That's what happens in marriage. You're no longer two beings. You are now combined into one. Because when you guys were separated, when you guys were single, whatever you want to call it, until you were united in marriage or you have consummated your marriage and become one flesh... 
you are unequal. You are not complete. You're separate. You are in, you're an incomplete entity mm-hmm. walking around Earth right now. When you are until you are matched with your Eve, your your completeness, your bone of your bone, the flesh of your flesh, you're incomplete. So, what, ladies, do not do not think that you are anything less. You're not. You are equal to that man. And men, you are no better than a woman. You are equal to your spouse, to your wife. And that is that is why God has created marriage with man and woman this way and he goes on by saying in verse 24 to 25 and he says for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh boom okay so you are sewn you are sewn together and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed all right so that's as far as we're going in Genesis today, but um, let's let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. This is getting good. I like this. I like this. So going back um, to to that that basis here in Ephesians five twenty two, where it says wives be subject to your own husbands. You know, uh, Eve. So Eve was given to Adam to be a helper, and exactly. uh, even though I'm not married, but I've heard enough uh, of my married friends say that um, they've been helped. By their wife um, in ways that they weren't even aware that they needed help and it, it makes you wonder that those those men who do attend or try to kind of lord their uh, authority over them really deprive them of the ability to be the helper that a wife is called to be exactly because you haven't and- given her the ability to do something that you aren't aware of even if it benefits right. you, you know, if she's exactly. got to march according to your orders, then you've you've deprived her of the ability to be an effective helper. Exactly, and and I have totally since being married for close to ten years now, um, it it is definitely I have grown. I would say, um. I I would say that she has helped me mature in a lot of um, a lot of ways that I didn't really understand at first. Um, I with her I have developed um, a guardian type, um, like a responsibility. Y- yeah, a like feeling, a guardian. But- yeah, like a feeling that. I have something I have to protect, you know, and guard and um, keep safe um, to 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 provide for, you know, instead of myself. Um, right. Now I have a out of a sense of love and of value. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a re- a sense of responsibility to to someone else instead of yourself and. That is, I mean, it's it's all it's it's different. As soon as you make that transition, 
Um, and I think the wives should feel the same way. They should feel that sense of responsibility um, to be a foundation, to be the the backbone or, you know, the... Um, the communicator with the husband, you know, to mm-hmm. help rationalize certain situations that arise because two heads are better than one rather than one just thinking on its own can cause a lot of problems, you know. Right. So. Right. A wife should be able to use her giftings from, from the Lord for the benefit absolutely. of her family and absolutely and, the, and, and their friends and all, all the people within your within your sphere. Um, right. And well, and so I know in, because we're both men, I think we tend to think on the on the male side of this equation, obviously more more than the, the woman's side. But in looking through this text, I've I've tried, and not just for this study, but in the past as I've read Ephesians, as it's you know one of my favorite of the uh, epistles. But um, you know, I think. We're, husbands are challenged later, and I don't, I don't want to spoil that section for us. But are challenged to love, uh, love their love the body that they're part of. You know that Christ gave Himself for the church, right? But right. thinking about the fact that in verse twenty three, it uh, Paul saying that the husband is the head of the wife, and I don't know anybody who who mistreats their head. You know, I don't know anybody who purposely would bash their head into a wall just to cause pain or or something like that so you know um similarly you know the wife is to not only respect but but love her husband and and care for him um as a part of of her body as well you know right. that that is that is a two-way street and that there's nothing not comp- complimentarian about that Th- this is one flesh right and the and- parties are to care for the other as if as if it was their own self. Yeah, and I, I want since you just brought that up, that's that's actually that's actually really good um, because I actually have a passage. Um, yeah. So in chapter seven of First Corinthians, um, Paul Paul says this to go on with your point. He says, the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise also, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you, you are to yeah, stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Boom. So, just to hit Very pertinent. Yes. I thought that was kind of interesting that you even brought that up. I was like, (laughs) oh, wow, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I actually have a uh, passage. You know, we're we're big fans of the intertextuality of the Bible. You know, there are are threads connecting uh, books together throughout the Bible, and this is, I think, one really pertinent way that many books are connected. Threads of common thought. Very. And And especially, I think, in in our time of of, um, publicly known moral failure within the church even, 
Um, yes. I, it's hard not to think of um, the issues with Ravi Zacharias, for instance, when we think about a text like this. There, there was somebody who obviously did not love his wife in the way that Paul is calling for here and knew it well enough to to hide his infidelity and and mask it and talk over it um, in a way that that helped him maintain his credibility throughout his throughout his life um, that is the direct opposite of what Paul is calling for here and I know pe the people in the world like to use texts like these to say that Christians especially um, complementarian Christians are are misogynist um, they hate women um, they think men are better than women that women must be subservient as if being subject means subservient which it does not um, no we should no. be the ones we should be the ones who are who are upholding and loving um, the women that who are ours to love our wives our mothers exactly. our sisters um, whether they're their blood sisters you know sisters within our own nuclear family or sisters in the church even um, we shouldn't we, there should be no no cause for the world to say that that we that that Christian men hate Christian women or or Christian women hate Christian men you know there's a reason that love is repeated so often not only in this passage but throughout the Bible too because that should be a marked characteristic and it should be a characteristic in Christian marriages, Christian friendships, um, relationships within your uh, your congregation that you're a member of. Um, love should be the, the the defining characteristic there. Absolutely. And husbands, this is this is holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're you're to treat your wife with love, respect and honor you know you're to honor those vows that you take on that day and when you fail you're you're not just failing yourself you're failing god you're failing your wife you're failing your kids and that is that is something for you to take ownership for mm -hmm. and speaking there's a of reason that, that the section on on husbands here is what three times the length <laughs> of the passage on women <laughs> yeah i mean have you noticed that in this section yeah it is There's significantly more verses um teaching and encouraging the husbands of their responsibility yeah and the wives and that's not to say that 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 wives have um that it's that it's easier for wives to to be obedient I don't mean that at all. I think it. I think it, this shows the importance, the responsibility, the the ultimate responsibility of of the cohesion of a marriage relies on the man. You have yes. a big responsibility as a husband. Because if the husband is unfaithful, what what what's keeping the wife to be faithful? I mean, right. And it should be a it should be a joyous responsibility. Yeah, and you should be willing to lead your wife. If you're not leading your wife, then she's going to go astray, or you will go astray, you know. And then there's no one else to blame in the relationship but yourself because mm -hmm. you were not fulfilling your role. You abandoned Eden and stood and watched as your wife took took the apple, took the fruit from the snake. 
um, you're, you're, you're doing exactly what Adam did in the very beginning. Right. And, um, that may be terrible imagery, but that's, that's kind of like what I, that's how I perceive it, um, here in this text, because you are to, what, what Paul is saying here, you are to cherish your wife and yeah, all this responsibility shouldn't be a shouldn't be drudgery to you. It should be no. a joyous responsibility. And your responsibility as a husband, you are you are a judge, you are a priest, and you are a king. And you are to guard your Eden, your your home, your your wife, your subjects, and to love them and cherish them because they rely on you to lead them, to to train them, to teach them, to nurture them, to provide for them. They rely on you. And women, this is not saying that you aren't independent at all. You know that you have to rely on a man, blah, blah, you know. But no, this is... This is where you both are working together towards one goal, towards one end result. And the husband is to destroy all that may harm her. Mm-hmm. He is to cherish her. Um, and this is how he's going into verse 23. For the husband is the head. You are the head. You are the lead of the wife. As Christ also is the head of the church, Christ cares and nurtures the church. He guards the church. He himself being the savior of the body. Now, notice how he says he brings in the savior. He is to save, to protect, to guard. He stepped down from heaven from a higher role of deity into a flesh-like poverty you know just a creature state of being in order to protect and guard and nurture and raise up his church Mm -hmm. to come and redeem it um he came to redeem and restore her um he gave up his he gave up his throne of, of on high in order to come down and be with the lowly made from dust and dirt mm-hmm. you know um the fallen really this right. defaced this defaced creation that has um abandoned god and all that he st- stood for and we were cast from eden we were thrown out of eden um and, and that, that is what is being said here. He, and he suffered the punishment. He took on um, everything that was pinned to the body, the church. He took on all of the silt, sin, the guilt, the shame. Um, everything that was bestowed to his wife. All that made her unclean because of her transgressions. Okay? All that, all that made her an imperfection that um, divided the that put put space between her 
and her husband, he is, he's reconnected, you know, he has mended those bonds, he is, he's fixed, um, he has worked hard in that relationship, and husbands, you're to do this with your wives, you are mm-hmm. to mend anything that is broken within your relationship, you are to work hard at, um, guarding her heart, guarding her, her steps, anything that is to approach her, that is to cause harm, you are to, you're to cut it off, cut it at the root. Um, so as he, as he dives into chapter, uh, uh, verse 24, you get the, but the famous, but, um, but as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands and everything. I, I I think it's good. We need to make sure we bring out here. We need know, to bring. This out, is talking yeah. about yep. wives to husbands. This isn't wives to also every other man. Be subject yes. to all men, which is the way You're some not people subject have. To all men. No, no, you are you are only subject to your own husband. To your husband. That's you don't, it. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to subject implic- yourself to any other man other than exactly. the one that you are betrothed to. You have been identified under God's eyes mm-hmm. and that you have um, now I have yeah. I have one more point and um, again this is this has to do with the particular application to the Christian wives um, I was listening to a podcast uh, I know you're gonna you know I was listening to a Presbyterian okay I'm gonna openly admit oh, it. here right. we go so I'm just gonna put that out here the podcast was the true Presbyterian. And he was interviewing a guy who actually has, um, he has a background in counseling men who um, lost their wives um, due to um, infidelity. And he said that it was a problem, obviously a problem that uh, is not often talked about. Um, We get a lot of teaching about, you know, men, what are your responsibilities? Um, But he was, he was saying, and I I think I kind of see this, that, um, in that case, the the women who um, violated marriage covenant, because you know we we normally we like to talk about men who've gone astray and uh, committed moral failure, um, but in the case of women, it looks it looks different. But it does have something to do with this subject being subject to your husband, seeing him as as the head of the family, uh, as Christ is the head of the church, and it was it was um, developing. Um, an emotional attachment to another man for for whatever reason, and it just reminded me when I was listening to that. Not only of this, it reminded me of this section, but it reminded me of the fact that going back to the Garden of Eden, that Eve was willing to believe the testimony of a snake rather than what Adam uh, told her that God had said, which was his exactly. responsibility to do. So she was willing to take in this charismatic story from from satan from the serpent um rather than her own husband and i think that that is a a key thing part of this being subject to your husband seeing him as as the head of of your family um as as wives are called to here has to do with um with believing and agreeing with your husband and and maybe that takes some discussions some some questions, some give and take, but again, it has to do with you are one flesh, 
in that you are going in the same direction. You can't be veering off, uh, looking in, looking around, looking for something else while you're supposed exactly. to be walking together. You need, and, and husband, this is for you as well. You need to be, you need to be clear. You need to be understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is a given. Be take emotionally part connected. Of, yeah, and this is definitely this is hard for couples. Mm-hmm. Um, because one may be very hard headed and ladies, ladies, I'm not going to say this, but it can you know, be a I'm lady. Gonna, it can be it a lady, can be a lady, as lady as a that can be hard headed just Absolutely. like a man. We're, and, we're, uh, all, we're, we're all bent towards sin. And so sometimes we're more obstinate. Some folks are more obstinate than others. Sometimes men are the obstinate one. Sometimes women are the obstinate one in a relationship. We're in a fallen yeah. world. So, so my, my advice here is to, you, you need to be in prayer over this. You need to be um, praying, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? Um, how can I pray for my husband? How can I pray for my wife? And this needs to be a daily part of your mm-hmm. vocation. How can I serve um, my wife? How can I yes, serve my husband? And, and, and this should be, this should be, second nature to you um this shouldn't be something new at all like this should be a daily routine um in your devotions your your spiritual walk your your wife should be at the top of your list every morning every day that you are praying for her and you're praying for your marriage um Mm -hmm. that god is working within both of you at the same time that you both are aiming for the same goals with your children and this this as we get further into this we're going to get into uh, children as well um children can be kind of a a dividing wedge sure for for families little sinners Um, yeah little little (laughs) little reprobates vipers and diapers vipers and diapers there it is i love it and uh the little leviathans there they are and uh so so we have and and children children are a blessing from god don't get me wrong but when children become um a problem between the husband and the wife it is time to reevaluate your priorities in your marriage um children should never rise above the husband or the wife um no matter what circumstances or anything um because when the children leave guess guess who's going to be in that house you're right (laughs) you know what i mean it's not the kids ain't gonna be in that house, and guess guess who uh, you've neglected all those years. And I've seen this a lot in a lot of marriages where their main and entire focus is raising kids, and the husband is either neglected, the wife is neglected, or you know, and it becomes uh, a one person job raising the kids, you know, and. Then there's some, there's some um, disgruntled feelings towards the other spouse, yada yada, you know. Um, and, and and this gets into like counseling areas 
Um, but it divides the household, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then I've seen marriages that have la- went 18 to 20 years and all of a sudden end in divorce. Um, just out of nowhere. Once the kids have graduated high school and they have moved out of the house, the parents, they split up. Because there is no longer... The relationship died. That was there. Um, they allowed it to end simply because of they allowed kids to be their number one priority. God took a back seat. Their marriage took a back seat. And once those th- two key priorities that are neglected in a marriage, the marriage will fail. Case in point, the marriage will fail. Scary. And so I, I highly advise you you take a look at your priorities. I'm not saying neglect your kids and cast them out. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you need to rethink how you are treating your spouse. You, by, you can't lessen your love for your spouse yes, for the sake of the kids. For the sake of the kids. Yeah. Because it took the two of you to create those kids. You you must produce more love. <laughs> yes, yes. You don't divide it. You, it. It has to multiply. It has to multiply. And I'm telling Headline. you, that, ho- that house is going to be, it's going to feel huge and empty when those kids leave and you both are stuck inside watching Dr. Phil in the evenings you know and there's just you have nothing nothing but awkward silence nothing to talk about anymore because the kids yes because the kids aren't there anymore anymore. and so it that's that's definitely a talk me and my wife we had early on in our marriage and it is it is definitely a, a conversation we continue to have and we continue to evaluate each other and we communicate saying, look, this is this is the priority. This is where we're at. So we need to keep this um, firm, fair, and consistent is a term in my house that's used frequently. We're firm, we're fair, and we're consistent. Consistency. And that's where that's where it is. So um Nice. I, 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 that's a good place to land it for now. Exactly. And I think um, we'll, we'll stop there. Um, we'll come back to this. We're going to be diving back into the youth series this week. Um, yeah. Me and, me and Lee, we're pretty pumped up and excited for this. Um, I hope you guys are. Yeah, yeah. And, guys, I am so glad that we're back and we are, um, we're doing this again. And I look forward to talking with you guys and... Um. Yeah. Keep keep tweeting us. Keep messaging us. That's right. Ask us some so, questions. Uh, Tell us right. what else you want to hear. What do you? What's what's what relevant and uh, and uh, um and you know essential teaching for today? Absolutely. Or topics do you want to talk about? And if you find anything that you disagree with us on, please reach out to us. Trust me, we're. We're very receiving. We're not. We're not the type of send. Send me the hate mails. Yeah, yeah. So we're 
we will welcome you in love and we look if you disagree with us amen you know let's uh let's find a common I do ground too sometimes. And, you know <laughs> i disagree with lee 99.9 percent <laughs> of no time but uh um yeah so reach out to us please and we look forward to talking with you and getting to know our listeners and guys we we really want to pray for you on a daily basis and keep you in our prayers and yeah just reach out to us become part of the guys with bibles family and we'd love to talk um lee where can they find us you can find us on our website guyswithbibles.com you can also find us on all the different social medias uh facebook twitter instagram uh now gab uh, and that's and that's mainly it um you can listen to past audio of our episodes on our website also on the website you can sign up for our newsletter uh which is being resurrected uh, and then uh, follow us on social media at Guys with Bibles. Um, we have the Facebook group. We also have a Facebook page. Um, and then while you're also at it, you should uh, go in in the link below. Go to uh, the bar website for the whole network, and you need to use your free will to get on your podcatcher and subscribe to some podcasts. Um, Especially, we want to highlight the Abide podcast, which is an, a new podcast uh, that has recently joined the network. Um, they are so good. They will be a benediction to your podcatcher feed. Um, really great content. They're up on all the latest goings-on, um, and they have really good perspective. Um, two very bright women. Um, we're glad to have them on the network. And um, that's all. Awesome. All right, guys, we are Guys with Bibles, and we're out. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye.